Grow with Grace podcast. My name is Cindy Van Cleve, and today I'm joined with Steely Stiegel from the Poolville FFA chapter and host of the podcast, Everything FFA. Stay tuned to hear all about her FFA experiences, plans after high school, and how FFA members can combat untruthful narratives in agriculture. So Steely, I'm very excited to have you on. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Of course. So like she said, my name is Steely Stegall and I'm from Poolville. It's a small town near Weatherford. Um, Growing up, I wasn't really involved in ag. Uh, I have two brothers that I I absolutely love. They can be a pain in my side, but I love them. Uh, I have an older brother. His name is Stone and he's in college right now. And then I have a younger brother that's named Stryker and he is in fifth grade. Um, Growing up in my house, there's a whole lot of basketball and Jesus. Um, My dad is a basketball coach and my mom's a teacher so that's kind of was basketball you would say is my first love um growing up that's all I knew that's all I did um now I'm involved in just about everything I run cross country I play volleyball I play basketball I attempt to do golf I'm not very good at it but I really try um and of course I'm an ag but we're going to talk about that a little later um But so, yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell, kind of all over the place, but I love it. From your quick little introduction, we already have so many similarities. My little brother's also in fifth grade and my growing up, my mom was a volleyball coach. So I definitely get that coach's kid lifestyle. So how did you get involved in FFA? You say you weren't involved when you were younger and that's the same for me. I mean, my mom grew up on a farm, but I was the Okay, pause. I just wanted to pop in and say that I did not mean to say my mom was raised on a farm because she wasn't. I was just trying to say that she just grew up more connected to agriculture and more of that like hands-on experience of like understanding it more than I did growing up. So I never really got my hands-on experience with that until I was in high school, which I think I talk about or mention in a few episodes. Anyways, that's all I had to say. Back on with the regular episode. The girl, I'm not going near that cow. Do not make me. I'm going to cry. I don't like, I did not like animals. So that was my whole mindset coming into this organization. How did you get involved? So like you, uh, my my dad actually grew up on a dairy. Um, my dad did not want anything to do with it. Uh, so he kind of strayed away from the agricultural realm. And we, um, my dad was coaching in a small town called Bellevue, and they were very involved in ag mechanics. And um, so that's, my dad kind of knew a little bit about it. But then when we moved to Poolville, I was four and my older brother was in third grade, I think. He was in third grade and and so we kind of grew up in like ag was a big thing in Poolville, but we didn't ever really, you know, want to touch it, do anything with it until we got to my brother's like freshman year of high school and he got involved in an ag class and he his first project he showed was a goat. And so I was kind of like, you know, animals, not really my thing. Like, I don't know if I'll get into ag. Maybe I'll go the FCCLA route and, you know, do cooking, do those things. But I got into my first ag class my freshman year and I was hooked. I didn't really. So the first time that I had like shown under FFA, I was in seventh grade and I showed a goat. I did not like it. It was not my thing at all. And then I ended up 
coming across a man that is just an amazing guy and he had dairy heifers and so a little bit about my uh cult, like agricultural background is my dad was raised on a dairy and so I was always kind of curious about that but never really did anything to like pursue that until I finally got my first dairy heifer when I was in eighth grade and that was kind of like my intro to FFA but it wasn't like uh, the full experience, so to say. So that's a little bit about how I got into it. <laughs> so basically, I'm trying to like put it all together in my brain. Your older brother was kind of like the first one to step into it, right? And it kind of introduced yes. it to everyone else. So that's very similar to me because I'm the oldest. So last year was my first year ever showing as a sophomore. I kind of, I'm trying to step out of my comfort zone and try something new. And I showed chickens, which they're gross like once they get <laughs> big but I love it like it's just getting to see it grow and how my family was a part of it all so now my younger brother shows chickens and a pig and my younger sister started a pig this year so just seeing like how one person in your family getting involved with it can just help everyone kind of find their spot in it and that's one of my passions like FFA is such a family affair like whether you think it is or not if you know someone who is maybe your friends or your family, like it's going to make an impact on them. And so I really like that, how it kind of like comes in tune with that. <laughs> Throughout your FFA journey, who or what would you say has been your biggest encourager? Um, hands down, my ag teachers. I definitely would not be where I am without them. So my freshman year, I had an ag teacher and her name was Miss Schofield and I got put in this ag class and I was like cows, sows and plows like I don't you know like I show but that's about it. I'm not going to get that involved. I'm just going to show. Okay, well I walked in and it was a class full of boys. Okay, rowdy, rowdy boys. And I was like, uh, get me out of here. I do not want to be in here. And she was like, nope, you're staying in. You do not have an option. I was telling my dad, I was like, dad, I don't want in. She said, no, I already talked to Miss Schofield. You're staying in. And I was like, seriously? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So, <clears throat> oh, I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> Can you ask me the question again? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Throughout your FFA journey, who were oh. your biggest encourager? Sorry, we're talking about Miss Schofield. Goodness, my brain. Okay, anyway, so she volunteered me to do some stuff and I got put in creed and quiz and I was like, you know, whatever. But I actually ended up loving it and she got me involved into some CDs and kept me going with LDEs. She ended up leaving at the end of that year. But then my next ag teacher, Miss Cotton, came in and she has been my biggest fan hands down, she has been my biggest encouragement and she is always supportive for the crazy ideas I have. I literally texted her like at midnight the other night and was like, hey, we need to do this for our chapter. And she was up and she was like, okay, I got it. So she's just, they have been amazing in that aspect of just supporting me and everything that I want to do and all of my crazy ideas that I bring to the table. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. My ag teachers, coming into, I was very shy. I still am around like certain things, but I'm so comfortable in where I'm at right now that I'm just, I don't know. I tell okay. my ag teacher, I'm like, I'm Miss Martinez. She actually served with Miss Cotton on the collegiate FFA. So that's oh, cool. Yeah. So that's how I kind of like put the pieces together. But um, I tell her all the time, like, 
I talk to you like I talk to my mom. So you probably <laughs> know more about, too much about me than you need to know. And then like Mr. Wernicke, he was like the first person who's like, let's do this. And while I was still very like, I can't think of the word, but I was just very like, I'm not sure, but like a deep part of me really wanted to. I'm a very competitive person. I think that played a lot into it. So our ag teachers, I think for anyone, that's our biggest encouragement. It's why we get to where we are today because of those people who are pouring into us so much. What was the moment that you realized you loved the FFA, the moment where everything just clicked? So I can remember at the end of my freshman year, um, my brother actually ran for state office in area four. And so I kind of got like a different viewpoint of just FFA and things that went on. So going into my sophomore year, I, I had went to convention that summer and going into my sophomore year, I was like, okay, like I'm going to do this. I'm going to run for things. I'm going to, you know, just kind of still figuring it out. Right. So then it came to my, wait. No, the end of my sophomore year. That's right. Uh, that's when I ran for oil belt district office. And that was an experience. So that is when the world shut down, the most dreaded word, COVID. Um, so I was running online and this really stressed me out at the point because I technology was not my thing. So I was really stressed out at the point And I was like, am I going to be good enough for this? Am I competent enough for this? Because this process is hard. And I don't know if I can fully like grasp this. And I was still like, yeah, I like FFA, whatever. Um, and then I can just remember like crying in my room one day. I promise there's a happy ending to this. And like <laughs> crying in my room one day and I was talking to my ag teacher and she was like, you know, write your goals down on a piece of paper and put it in your jacket. And I was like, okay. So I wrote down my goals and I was like, I want to be a pool officer, I want to be an oil well officer, I want to be an area officer, and possibly potentially a state officer. So I wrote that down in my jacket, and it was like, okay, it was, I took a breath, and I realized that, okay, like, I can do this. So I ran for oil belt, and I got vice president, and that's when I truly was like, okay, like, this is not, this is not like a dud, like, I can do this, and this is something that I am capable of doing, so, and that's when it was like the final point that I was like, okay, this organization, like I have gone and battled through some things already and it's always came out on the good side. So I was like, I, that's when I was like sold for FFA. And it sounds like it's a little like further along in my journey, but I feel like it's just a little part of like our FFA testimony. Exactly. I like what you said, your FFA testimony. And when she told you to write your goals down in your jacket, over, I was a district officer this past year, so 21-22, that year of service, and I loved every second of it. That was, I loved FFA before I started, but from then it was like, give me and everything I can do. Like, I tried to do all the competitive events I started showing. I just wanted to try to do as much as I can before it was all over, you know? Yes, so, for sure. Yes, and so from then like this last month so January I ran for area office and before I started I wrote down in my jack I wrote down a little note card like what my speech was about which was how, how you can have an intentional impact even though we're such like we see, feel like we're a small fish in a big pond but in reality our like simple things can do so much to impact someone so I like put that in my jacket 
And I just remember praying like, Lord, like I want this so bad. Please like, I will do like everything to glorify you in that. But if it's not, it's okay. But like, but I still want it. <laughs> I've had those prayers too. Trust me. I've had the Lord. If you let me be this, like I'm going to glorify you. But if not, Lord, just let me down easy. That's, I can tell you that is my exact prayer. <laughs> yes. And then I'm like, but anyways, it, it'd be really nice if that happened. It didn't go how I planned, but I still, for a little bit, I was discouraged from like my act teachers telling me like, go further, show people how something can knock you down, but you're not going to let it keep you down, you know? So that's another one of our similarities. I know we're going off. Um, I actually ran for area office last year and it did not go how I wanted to either. And I was very like down in the dumps. Like I had my goal written out and I was like, what do I, where do I go from here? I was like, I don't know where I'm going to go. And I was honestly, I was in a low, low spot in my life. And my ag teacher was there picking me up saying, Hey, we got to keep going into your senior year. I'm not letting you fall right now. And so I think it's okay that we have those moments though. Cause I think at the end, like it definitely made me stronger. Exactly. So when it didn't go right, automatically I poured myself into the next opportunity that was right there. I'm very ambitious. Like I love trying to see, what was it? Over the summer, I saw like these kids were a part of a program called Ford Scholars. And I was like, Miss Martinez, why have I not heard about this yet? Like, it's something that I can do. I want to do it so bad and come to realize you can't do it till you're a junior. So, but right after area convention, I poured into it the next day, just trying to, in my spot might not have been an area office, but I can find like something else where I can still make that difference in people. And it's still hard sometimes, but just remembering that the Lord has a plan, even though it's doesn't seem like it's what I want his plans are perfect and I think that's I kind of like reflect back and I'm gonna share this because I'm all about being genuine and I've heard your intro of growing with grace and kind of that so um it goes with my life first it's Proverbs 16 9 and it's the Lord determines your plan or the Lord determines, or you can determine your plans excuse me but the Lord determines your steps so it's like in everything that I do at FFA. It's like, I have this big plan that I think is written out, but ultimately God determines that my actual step forward. Exactly. I think we've had a pretty good discussion so far, even though we've definitely probably gone off (laughs) the world road a little bit, but what inspired you to start everything FFA? I love it. My siblings love it. And I feel like all in all, it's just a great resource resource for members to listen to. Yeah. So my original thought was I came off of um, convention last summer and I was like, I was on this convention high. I was like, oh my gosh, like FFA, you know how you kind of get like after you go a place like church camp or something. Yeah. Yeah. So you're on that high. And I was like, what can I do? And then I started thinking about it and I was like, you know, I'm sitting in this room and FFA or Texas FFA right now is sitting at almost 155,000 members. And I got to thinking, I was like, every student in the FFA, their potential is not tapped because we cannot be a one-to-one student to teacher ratio, even though we would love to be, we can't. And so I was like, what if I make something that 
I can help kids and share my knowledge and my wisdom, especially coming off of area office and not getting area office. Um, I was like, what can I, how can I share my FFA journey with people? So I was talking to one of my friends, her name was Rory, and I was talking to her in the car when we were coming back from summer workouts that day. And she was like, you know, Celia, you got a lot of knowledge. Maybe you should just start a podcast. And I was like, you know what, Rory? I was like, yes, that sounds like so much fun. So from there, it kind of um, just came into everything FFA. Um, It's been so much fun to do. And I, my hope for it is that, you know, if I can share FFA with one kid and help one kid in FFA, that is my goal. And it doesn't matter how many people listen to it that week. It honestly just matters that there's a resource for them. Exactly. And I will let you know that I listened when you first started out, we would listen to it all the time. Like that's what we did. I play in the car. Whenever I'm dropping my younger brother off at his friend's house to practice and he'd ask questions and I'd pause it and be like, this is what's going on. Listen to it. <laughs> and then like, I can't remember what episode it was, but I think y'all were talking about like the false narrative that people yes. play on FF on like FFA and agriculture in general and I was listening to it, I was like wow this is good stuff and I had <laughs> a speech about it at <laughs> a speech about social media and agriculture I'm like writing this I'm like I can use this in my speech this is yes. <laughs> and then my brother I can't remember what I think y'all were quoting like an Instagram post and oh I, yes I paused I was like they're not saying this is true they're just saying what other people are saying that isn't true because I could see his like gears ticking in his brain. It's like, wait a minute, let me fix it. <laughs> but I just want to let you know, like, that's such an amazing thing that you're doing. And for me, this was one of my grow with grace. The walkie talkies going off in the room, but grow with grace was one in my district. Like after district office, how I wanted to jump into everything I could. I wanted a proficiency award. Um, I wanted a proficiency <laughs> award to like, I saw all these people do, I was like, how can I do that? And so I dubbed it as my fancy SAE. But one thing that was stopping me every single time it, I thought of it was the fear, fear that someone at school is going to hear it and judge me for it, fear that maybe it wouldn't be successful, like so much fear was in it. But then I was thinking recently, it was when I stopped saying yes to fear and I started saying yes to the opportunities in front of me, to the plan that God has for me, then everything just falls into place. And well, if someone plays, plays my podcast in front of me, I shut it down, like go away because I don't want to hear that. Yes. (laughs) Not because they're being mean about it, but I didn't listen to me. I'm like, okay, listen to it away from me. I don't like how I am. I don't like exactly how I am, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I really like your story on how you started it and it's so success, successful. So I just hope you know like what an impact you're making. Well, thank you. Like we're that, doing a lot. So often I feel like I can feel like I'm in a rut with it. And there for a while, I didn't record any episodes. In the last episode, we I titled it like New Year in February because I meant to get an episode out in January. I meant, I meant, and I feel like so often that I can get in this corner and I'm like, oh, this is not being 
like this isn't being used. I'm doing this for no reason. So it just makes my heart happy when people like reach out to me and they're like, hey, I listened to this episode. Like, just thank you. And that just makes my heart happy. It makes my day. So I feel the exact same. It, I'm like, oh my gosh, you, I didn't know like real people other than my grandparents listen to this. So it's just, it's nice to hear, even though like people don't have to tell us that. And it's just nice, like when they do, because you're like, oh, it is doing something, even when I'm not really doing much, a lot for it right now. All right, next question is, what are your plans after high school? How has your involvement in FFA played a role in that decision? My involvement in FFA has done everything for it because I'm going to be an ag teacher. Um, I have seen teachers impact kids in my community and my dad is a coach. And so I have seen him impact so many kids, but, and I often, I was leaning like towards the coaching route, but then I got into FFA and my whole boat was rocked. Um, I met my ag teachers and they just, I was like, I want to do that. I want to be there. I want to help kids in that way. So it's had everything to do with my career path and I'm so excited. I feel like you're going to be an amazing ag teacher. I can't wait to see like all the students that I hear, like we have a, a senior who's, she got into it a little late, like her sophomore year and she was going to be a nurse. Like that was her dead set. Now she wants to be an ag teacher and nursing is great, but like just seeing that impact that someone can make in such a short amount of time. And I'm glad that your ag teachers made an impact on you because I feel like you're going to change a lot of a lot of minds and what is it it's a teacher takes a hand opens a mind and touches a heart and I can't wait to see how many hearts you touch it just goes to show like how much our teachers specifically act teachers can influence us so let's switch gears a bit Seely from listening to everything <laughs> from listening to everything FFA it's easy to see how passionate you are about the agriculture industry I'm always ready to learn more so from an FFA member and teenager's perspective, as of right now, what do you believe needs to be the core like a core focus of the agriculture industry this year? Um, so I've talked about, I'm going to kind of answer this in two different ways. Um, so on the podcast, a couple episodes back, we talked about ag communications. And then also on the one you're talking about right now, or you were talking about your brother earlier, um, is the way that people perceive ag in public. And the biggest influence in all of our lives right now is social media. And we see this everywhere. And often we'll see an animal ag post and it'll be negative and we're going to repost it. We're going to repost it. So my biggest thing is making sure that we are communicating ag to the world properly and that we aren't just... Um, we aren't reposting that stuff that we are backing it up with facts. So um, having a post that says, hey, um, these Johnny and Susie over here, they are treating these animals wrong and this needs to be stopped. Instead of an FFA kid coming in and um, reposting that and saying, hey, this is not it. Maybe take a different approach. Um, post a picture with you and your animal and say, hey, this is my animal. Give them their name. Um, so for me, it'd be this is my Dairy cow, her name is China. Um, she is a milking shorthorn. She gets better taken care of than me at stock shows and in general. And so I feel like that's very important, like in the agricultural world for kids that are 
for people that are outside of FFA and that are in the ag community, community, excuse me, and just in different involvements in that aspect. But for students, I feel like the biggest thing that I would like to see this year is member engagement. We have 155,000 members almost. And I feel like if we can get kids more involved and keep them involved, I feel like that will be a big aspect asset to our organization. I wholeheartedly agree. So whenever people answer, I like try to dissect it as I like respond. So when you're saying like your dairy cow gets taken better care at stock shows than you do, it's animal welfare, animal rights versus animal mm-hmm. welfare. And yes. I think that's what people don't understand is that I just made eye contact with someone through the window. Sorry. <laughs> um, that's what people don't understand is that we treat our animals so well. They're like our little babies, like yes. they're getting get taken care of, but it's not like we got to go treat them like they're a human. They're an animal, yeah. but we're not going to like disrespect them, you know? Yes, I totally agree with that. And we've talked a lot about animal rights versus animal welfare, but I feel like that's just one of those things that we can do a little bit better as students, especially, but also as we're getting older is to make sure that we are making sure to put um, ag first, but understand that animal is an animal at the end of the day, and we are people. And so this is just a big controversial topic that I feel like is very influenced by social media. So as long as we keep our social media in check as we are agricultural activists, um, we just have to make sure just to, you know, check and balance everything out. Exactly. And for social media, it has such a role. It has such an important role on how consumers view this industry. I mean, just one post, I can't remember. I saw one thing on Instagram a while back. It was very negative towards FFA members and towards agriculture, but the person who reposted it was a very like prominent figure in our organization. And so I was just like, I was very confused and I tried to go back and find it, but I guess it got deleted or something. But from like my algorithm on Instagram, like my podcast algorithm, almost everything on it is stock show, Western fashion, like all things that are promoting agriculture. But think of someone with like a vegan lifestyle or someone who doesn't have like follow a bunch of FFA members or something, their algorithms telling them something completely different. And so mm-hmm. by sharing that misinformation, we're just making the algorithm better and Instagram algorithms really keep saying that word. It's very difficult to understand because I try to look at it and look at the stats, but I, yeah, yeah. So just a little out there. (laughs) So just thinking that what we share and what we repost and member engagement. I like that. I hadn't heard that in a, I've never heard, I've never heard that brought up whenever I've asked this question, but I really like that. There's so much potential. Everyone has the potential to be a leader. We just need to tap into it. Yes, exactly. So the last question I have for you, I think we've kind of already covered it, but it was basically how we see posts on social media about FFA and how they call it like a horrible program. They use derogatory names and they call us things like murderers, which is very harsh for simply showing our animals. 
In everything FFA, y'all touched on this topic, and I know we both believe that the industry that feeds us is worth fighting for. What are, could you share some things that young people can do to, to fight against the anti-agriculture narratives without feeding fire to the flame? Yeah, so like I said earlier, um, maybe just make a post saying, hey, this is my animal. I love her. I take good care of her. And then the best thing we can do is word of mouth too. Um, I have kids that are not in ag classes and they see FFA as cows, sows, and plows. And that's it. They see us as we raise animals to kill them. And I think it's just important that we raise awareness about this, but make sure that we make sure that we are representing our organization well, because a post last year that really kind of set me off was, is that one that everybody was sharing, everybody was reposting. So I visited this page and I saw this girl and she was bashing FFA and 4-H. And I was like, oh my gosh. But then I went to scroll through the comments and there were not nice comments from FFA members. And it really hurt my heart because I was like, are we really stooping down to her level right now? Like everything she has is agricultural based. And something I found kind of ironic was that she was diabetic and she had an insulin pump. And I was like, girl, where did you get that insulin from? It's from a pig. Like, so it's just one of those things that you have to make sure that you are representing the organization well. And a little side note off of this is um, my perspective was changed a lot from my ag teacher when she talked about being like vegetarian or um, so think about it this way, uh, even though they're vegetarian and they own they don't eat meat, they're still supporting the agricultural industry, they are still eating fruits and vegetables that come from an agricultural industry, and most, and especially in America in the United States, we have a lot of crop rotation where we put animals on and we rotate them through and so that the fertilizer can get into the soil so we can have better um, fruits and vegetables and produce better products that way. So we shouldn't be bashing them for choosing to be vegan or vegetarian. Um, that's their personal decision. And it's not like, oh my gosh, you don't eat meat. I can't be your friend. It's just, it's a food thing. Like it's not like it does not define. Now, if they are saying something bad about what we're doing, that's where I draw the line. That's where I'm like, hey, that's not happening. But um, if it's just like, I choose not to do this because it does hurt my heart. Like I get that. Some people have very like sympathetic, sympathy hearts. I don't, I don't know what I was trying to say, but they do. And so it's not that they are not, they're bashing the industry. Um, it's that they're still supporting the industry, but they choose not to do something. And we should be respectful for that as FFA members. And we should be respectful across the board. And, but make sure that they are, make sure that they're educated, make sure they know what is going on in the ag industry and what things we put into place for animal welfare. And that kind of stuff is very important. I agree. I think that's what I meant when I was like someone who's vegan, like, I don't, I agree that it's their choice. Like, I don't care what you do, like with what you eat or whatever. I just don't like it when you're not sharing the truth because you, but a lot of times I feel like it's because they've been so misled up to where they are already. Mm -hmm. And so I really like what you said. You're so well-spoken about <laughs> this topic and I find it very admirable. One thing that I'm trying to do is like learn more about the agriculture industry as someone who 
like you said, sows, plows, and cows. That's all I thought it was. So I'm very grateful for the discussion that we've had today. I find you're so well-spoken. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) Thank you. It just sounded right. And I hope that a lot of people just gain a lot of knowledge from that. So Steely, I'm glad that you were here today. Is there anything else you would like to add? Um, my, I'm just going to add this in, um, anybody out there, my biggest like encouragement is even if you are not, um, necessarily involved in FFA or you're not going to go be the next ag teacher, be educated about it, be educated about where your food and where your clothes are coming from because people worked hard to get there and make sure you know the facts before you go out and are just like, oh, this is what happened. So just make sure that you're educated about it, even if you are not going into an agricultural related workforce. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here today. And for anyone listening, be sure to go check out Steely's podcast, Everything FFA. Gotta give her a little shout out out there. (laughs) I found this amazing, well-spoken person. And so thank you for joining us. And I'm excited to see what you do next. Yes. Thank you. Thank you.